Today it's going to be a bit in-house, so I don't think there are any visitors here today, so that's actually quite good. Um, welcome. <laughs> Not a visitor. Um, it's just great to have you here, because I want to talk to the church here. And I was saying to Steve, you know, the feel I've got of this is I'd like a stool today, and I'd just like to sit and have a chat, have a chat with you, if that's all right. I haven't got a stool, but that's just really what I want to do. Because it's been actually quite difficult to categorise this talk. Is it a preach? Is it a teach? Is it a vision talk? It, it's not any of those, really. It is actually a bit of a conversation uh, that Steve and I have been having for the last couple of years, and having with some of you as well, and having with others. And so kind of want to just bring you up to speed uh, with that conversation. There's a lot of encouraging stuff uh, to share out of that conversation that we want to bring to you today. But I just want you to know, it's kind of been two years of thinking, praying and planning and all the rest gone into this. And really what I want to talk about is how we're going to be structuring things for the future. But the word structure is not an ideal word. I don't really want to use that word. I just can't think of a, another word like it because structure always means sort of restriction. And that's not what I mean. But I want to talk about how we structure things, how we set things up. And I'm very conscious that how we set things up now will affect a lot of how we're going to look in the future as a church. So this is quite an important talk, I think. And I hope I can do it justice. Um, it's been... <clears throat> so I guess really what I want to do is share some conclusions that we've been coming to, some things we've been trying to work out and now want to intentionally start to move the church into. And it all falls within the context of this overarching theme that I brought out on Vision Sunday in September last year, where I said that this year was going to be about equipping the church for service. And I hinted at quite a few things that I'm now going to lay out a bit more clearly for you today. And it also fits very well, you'll see, uh, with our culture of honour. Uh, that's just a really important part of the church here, this culture that we've been building and our desire to be a community of people that learns to discern and receive people in their God-given identities. That's how we've designed, uh, how uh, that culture of honour has been designed. Defined, that's the word, uh, according to Danny Silk, really helpfully. And I've got to say, it's been quite, I will get on with it in a minute, but some of this is necessary. But it's been quite a challenge, actually, to try and distill two years of thinking, praying, planning, uh, down into one talk. Uh, so I'm very conscious that there's a lot of stuff to say to you uh, today. But this is just the start, all right, of what I think is going to be an ongoing conversation that we will have together as church. And it starts with some pretty well-known verses in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you'd like to turn to that, and my lovely assistant, Darren Kennedy, is going to come and read it to you. So it's uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Thanks, Darren. Okay, particularly want to focus on verses 11 and 12 there. Um, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be uh, 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 evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Now, for many of us, especially if you've come from a kind of New Frontiers background or been around New Frontiers churches, these verses will be very familiar Uh, There's nothing new about talking about apostles and prophets and so on. These so-called translocal ministries, which are those ministries that we as a church relate to outside of our local church setting. But it's not those particular ministries, those translocal external ministries that I want to talk about today. I'm not interested in those today, although we value and honor these ministries. What I want to share with you today is something a bit different, perhaps even some new thinking for some people, controversial even for others, because it concerns how these ministries, these so-called fivefold ministries, that's just a shorthand I'm going to use for apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, these fivefold ministries, how they might be operating within the local church setting. So let me just take you through our thinking on this. First of all, it says there in that verse 11 that God gave these ministries to the church. It says that God gave to the church a whole bunch of people. He says, some apostles, some prophets, and so on. But to which church did he give them? Is he just talking about the universal church, right back to the beginning, or is he talking about the current worldwide church? Is he only talking about New Frontiers churches, because, well, they're the only ones that have really got this sus, you know, apostles, prophets? Or does he mean our church? Does he mean Jubilee Church, the local church? And if he did, where are these so-called fivefold ministries, or who are they? And uh, the thinking around this started for me around ten years ago, when I was at Church Central, and uh, we were about four or five years into the planting of the church, and we hit up against a few problems. And it's a very common problem in churches, and that is there were not enough leaders. And uh, we just looked everywhere for them, it seemed. And for some reason, we just couldn't quite bring it together. We couldn't form an eldership team, and it was a real battle. And we were asking, well, who are they and where are they? And so my task was to find them and to help 
raise them up. And I distinctly remember one day I was just looking out across the church and I was just saying, Lord, where are these people? Where have you hidden them? Are they here or do we need to get some in? Um, and then it just felt like God dropped this verse into my mind that God gave to the church. And I noticed for the first time it was past tense. They've been given to the church. These ministries have been given. So I reasoned then that if this is true and that we are a church, then God must have provided the leaders that we need. Because that's what I was looking for at that time, leaders. And the only condition to this seemed to be, are we a church or not? And so we just needed to find them, really. And it's funny because shortly after that, suddenly it became clear who these leaders were. And it seems within moments and after years of trying, we were able to form an eldership team. But this isn't what the passage is talking about, although it was a helpful application for me at the time. (laughs) And I think actually God was dropping some thinking into my mind for now. Uh, Because, of course, Paul is talking about a much broader group. He's talking about this group of the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the fivefold ministries. Paul says that God has given these ministries to the church. So where are they? And if he's given them to the church, well, we're a church, so he must have given them to our church, and this must also apply to every other local church. Because if they only exist outside of the local church in that kind of translocal sense uh, with which we're so familiar, then what does it really mean that God gave them to the church? And if this is the case, then why do there seem to be so few of these people around? if God's given them to the church. Are you following my thinking? Look, this is just thinking. And these are the kind of questions that we've been wrestling with. Now, if you're much cleverer than me, you might have already worked this all out. But it's taken us a while to sort of work this through and ask these questions. Well, what is it? What is it that it means? What does it mean to be a truly apostolic church? And uh, we've actually come to some conclusions And the conclusions are that Paul is talking about every local church here. He isn't just talking about the church international, the church whatever, spread past, present, future church. He is actually talking about our church, every church, that these ministries have been given to the church. And this is our contention that fivefold ministries are to be found in every local church. So look at the passage again, because this isn't just me making it up, I don't think. Uh, look at the passage again. Paul, writing to the whole church, writes in verse 1, first of all, I urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received. So he's making it clear before he introduces the subject that there is a calling that we have all received. We are all called to this. We are all a part of this body and every member, as we've seen from previous teaching, every member needs to play its part. And so this has got to affect the way that we live. I urge you to live, Paul says, worthy of the calling. It affects the way that we live. We must live in such a way that we are worthy of that calling, which means to be part of these ministries. So that that doesn't mean that we all have the same measure or gifting of gifting or the same measure of maturity. So in verse 7, Paul says, to each one, grace, that's a gift, that's the word gift actually, 
to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So it doesn't mean that every church has a Dave Devonish or a Ginny or a Terry Virgo level of gift. But it, what it does mean is that within every local church, a measure of these gifts are to be found. To each of us, grace. But it has been apportioned by Christ. It's been measured out across every local church. And so where are these ministries in Jubilee? Where are these fivefold ministries? Well, they are already functioning. Not all at the same level, but each one of us will function within or across one or more of these streams of ministry. That's what we're calling them. These fivefold ministries are like streams that run through the church from God. And they run through in different people that God has been adding to us. So, you know, every time somebody comes, every time somebody is added to us, they are an apportionment from God. They're a gift from God. Do you know that? Every one of you are a gift of God to the church here. Even crying babies are a gift to the church, especially babies. But you do realize, don't you, that when Paul is talking here, what he's talking about, this apportionment of gift, he isn't actually talking about the spiritual gifts, you know, like prophecy, tongues, and all that kind of... He's not actually talking about those gifts. He talks about that somewhere else. But what he's talking about here is the gifts that Jesus gives to every church, which is the people that he adds. Every person is a gift from Jesus. Sometimes you wonder, but no, that's what the Bible says. So what I'm calling it is gifts of people who are gifted. Did you know you just you are a gift and that you are gifted by God? You have an apportionment of the Holy Spirit. And you know, without realizing it, looking back, I, I, I've often prayed for gifts of people for the church. You know, I've prayed, Lord, send us people who can help us with this or who are gifted with that. I remember so clearly praying for a worship leader and then Tom and his lovely wife, double blessing and bonus, turn up and say that God's spoken to them about joining the church and that he'd spoken to them some time ago and actually Tom's a worship leader. Yes! And what a gift Tom is to us. And you know, as I look around, I can see that there are already people that are gifts to us. There are people amongst us that are pastoral. There are people that are prophetic, strategic, evangelistic, See, these, the people themselves are the gift, but they're also equipped with gifts of the Spirit, which enable them to function. But we have to see the people first to release the gift that they are. Do you know, I was absolutely amazed when Angela came for all sorts of reasons, Angela came last year. But Steve and I just stood looking at each other, almost with our mouths wide open on that Sunday morning, because we hadn't talked to her about this at all. 
But do you remember what she did at the end? She called everybody up and said, right, where are the pastors? Where are the teachers? Where are the prophets? Where are the evangelists? And she sorted the church prophetically into these five different streams. And I just went, oh my Lord, this is so encouraging. Isn't this amazing? Because that's how God had been speaking to us about how we organize ourselves or how we understand how the church works, how the church ministers, how we serve one another and serve this community. It's funny, actually, because I was looking around at that point and some people just really didn't know which group to be in. Mostly the reason for that is because they were so gifted, they were in about two or three of these different streams and they were hopping from one to another. No, I'm, no, I'm probably this. No, I'm actually probably this. I won't tell you who was in all five at one particular point, but I had my BDI on them. So, some people are more prophetic than pastoral, some are more pastoral than evangelistic and all that kind of thing. That's fine. I think actually we do probably go between. We're all gifted, even apportioned uh, within those different streams in, in different measure. But I guess what we need to do is to find out, well, what's my primary gifting? What's my primary calling? Where do I primarily fit? And that's something that I want us to start talking about. So do you know where you fit? Do you know where you fit? I'm something of this thinking is what I want us to be looking at over this next season and asking ourselves, well, what kind of gift am I to this church? You know, what do I bring? Jesus has sent me here. I'm a gift. I am God's gift to this church. It's okay to say that. It's in the Bible. I am God's gift to this church. So what do I bring? And then be released to be that gift to the church and its mission. Because this is a missional statement. It's not just about looking after one another. We're on a mission. You know, equipping one another is about equipping one another for the mission that we're on and what God is wanting to do through us. So you with me so far? A yes would be good. If you're not, genuinely not with me, please put your hand up and I'll have another go. Okay, that's good. The next thing I want us to talk about is it's not all about the elders, and I'm going to keep saying this. It's not all about the elders, and it's not just about the professional ministries that we might have in the future, or the life group leaders, or some other kind of person with a public profile in the church. These ministries are not about that. You know, and as we grow and as more staff are added to us to help us with the day-to-day running of the church. We need to keep reminding ourselves of that. The church isn't going to run just on the professionals that are paid to do the job. That's not how church works. That's not how these ministries work. And we really do believe in body ministry as a church. We believe that every member plays their part, that everybody has something to contribute as we gather together. It's not all about the elders and their gifts, or their lack of them, as I often feel, about our lack of gifts, I'm just not able to do that. And you know, I, I think some of the men need to hear that. It's not just, it's not all about eldership, guys. 
You know, I was doing some training with a bunch of the guys, and I just said that, look, it's not all about eldership. That's not the be-all and end-all of the church. You know, the ambition, you know, got to get to the top, got to get to be an elder. No, run away. <laughs> don't. Don't do it if you don't have to, you know. It's not all about being an elder. And there was just like this audible sigh of relief <laughs> that went round the room. It's not just all about elders. And I think some of the women need to hear that too. You know, we're at New Frontiers Church, We don't believe that the Bible teaches us that women are called to be elders, that they function in that way. We don't believe that. But why would they want to be elders when there are so many other ministries and so many other leadership positions in the church? You know, there are many different kinds of leaders within the church And so we don't want to create a kind of bottleneck where you can only initiate or lead something if you're an elder. We want to free that up. Now don't get me wrong, we want more elders and we strongly believe in eldership, but we also believe, and I'm talking on behalf of Steve even though he's looking after little one in the crash at the moment, but we also believe that an important part of the role of elders is to oversee and release others in their ministries and gifting. Not to control everything because we're too insecure about somebody else doing something or perhaps they might do it better than us. (laughs) I really do hope many people do. And you see, God has given us an apportionment of people who are gifted to serve Jubilee Church. They're already functioning to some degree amongst us, but we think that it's right to just have this chat <laughs> and to release something more of that, to, to help you to understand that that is really, we're really serious about that, that's what we're going for. And we want to encourage it by gro- uh, the growth of those streams and people within those streams by training, equipping and releasing, giving opportunities to people. And I think this will have the effect of multiplying serving opportunities and gifts across the church, because that's what we want. If it's all on me, we're not going to get the job done. The field is white to harvest. There's too much to bring in. So we're talking really about recognizing ministry streams, recognizing these fivefold ministries at a local church level. And I think this is really important. Um, and the reason why it's so important, and you might be thinking, well, yeah, big deal, so what? <laughs> but the reason why it's so important is because of the purpose for which Jesus has given these ministries to us in the first place. So it says there in verse 12, the purpose of, of these ministries is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'll say it again. That's not all about the elders. I mean, think about your body and how your body works. It's been designed to look after itself. Your body has been designed to function interdependently. If your body didn't function that way, you'd be sick. There'd be something wrong. There'd be an autoimmune problem or something like that. And it's the same with the church. And when every member plays their part, the whole body is healthy and it functions properly. And so, and that's what we want to facilitate for one another at Jubilee. 
for this church to be a place where every member finds their part and is able to function. And I said this uh, in the vision talk in September, but I, I genuinely want to be part of a church where everybody knows how to pray for others, where everybody knows how to prophesy, heal the sick, cast out a demon, and preach the gospel in their own way, and change lives. That's what it means to be part of Jubilee Church. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you know, a while ago, sometimes um, God speaks to me through dreams. It seems to be more and more the case these days. It's funny that, isn't it? You seem to go through seasons like that. It's usually Alison that gets all the amazing dreams. But I had one recently. And uh, in my dream, I, I was dreaming about the church. And I dreamt... I. We were in this room, and in my dream, we, I kept coming into this room, and I knew that for some reason, as you know things in dreams that aren't explained, you know, I knew that I was coming in at different stages. And I came in on the first occasion, it was very much like it is now. And, uh, and then I came in on a second occasion, there were more people. And I came in on the third occasion, and the room was modernized. The, the whole thing has been turned around. The stage is up there. It's all beautiful, lovely carpet. It's been decorated. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And the place was absolutely packed with people, humming, humming with people and energy. And I was up the back there. I was just walking along that back thinking, what, what am I doing here? You know, how did I get here? <laughs> God, you must have done an amazing miracle. And I was just walking across the back, and somebody grabbed hold of me, a visitor. And I said, oh, hi, I'm, I'm Rob. And he didn't seem to know who I was, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was great. Uh, he said, yeah, yeah, I've, I've come. My pastor sent me uh, from another church. I said, oh, really? Yeah. I said, well, why have you come? He said, well, he sent me because for some time I've been trying to find direction. And I've been trying to find out what God's called me to. And he said, uh, go to that church, they'll be able to help you. They're the church that helps people find their dreams in God. Wow. And you know, I don't feel that's just a dream because of the curry I had the night before. <laughs> it's right in our hearts, isn't it? And it's already, that is already happening. Uh, we have people come and see us for exactly those reasons. Uh, we had a couple come to see us looking for direction, don't know where God's sending, and God was able to use us to direct them to their next step. It's happening already. I like that. Recognizing these streams of ministry is already going on in the church to some extent as well. And so I'm just going to tell you what's been going on a bit behind the scenes, a bit under the surface. I shared this with the trustees one night, and Trevor said to me, you need to tell us all this, because I don't know half the stuff that's going on. Well, there's a reason why we do it that way, because we want to try things out, we want to see if God's in it, we want to see if it works and tweak, and then we want to bring it out into a bigger context. But we've been working on releasing the prophetic stream, uh, for example, you, some of you will remember if you've been around, there was a particular point where God just spoke and said it's time to release the prophetic. Now why, why did he say that? Well obviously there was some need for that. 
And shortly after that, Ginny started coming along, Ginny Burgin, and she did an evening with us on prophetic gifts. And that kind of started the beginning of something and the beginning of a relationship. And then Ginny came to us and said, you know, I'd like to grab a few people out of your congregation, just start to work with them a bit, start to develop some friendship and just see, just a little pilot group to see uh, what what God will do. And so over this year, we've had a, just quite a small group of people just gathered with Ginny and she sort of offered to be there and help to facilitate that. And I took some of those people as well with me uh, to the prophecy conference that I was asked to do, and I kind of released them on on that church, and they did such a great job, and we had so much fun. But that's kind of a picture in a small setting of what we want to do, and want to give people, other people opportunities like that, who feel that that's their calling, and that's their gifting, uh, and release that gift more in the church. We've also been doing some work to release the teaching stream. Now, you've probably noticed that I've done quite a lot of the teaching over the last few years, and you're probably getting bored of my voice by now. So I thought we really ought to start raising up some other people to share in the teaching, and we've really seriously been praying uh, that God would send us people with that sort of clear teaching gift. Uh, We've just finished a course, actually, today. If you've done that course, could you just stand up a minute just so people can see you? and just wave madly. Just done that course recently. There you go. This is the latest course we've just finished. There's a couple of people missing. Uh, Thank you. Do take a seat. And, you know, it's great because we're going to see lots of people, uh, other people sharing the teaching, and I'm kind of going to go down to two a a month over the next few months. Over the next six months, I'm going to be speaking twice a month. We're going to be releasing some of these other people uh, to share the teachings. We've got Joe speaking next week, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be amazing. And Steve and I sat down on Tuesday night filling out the diary. We've got preachers booked until June. I don't know if you know how exciting that is. <laughs> it's just so exciting. So it's brilliant to be filling the diary with Jubilee teachers. Really excited about that. And I believe that some of those guys are going to go and minister elsewhere, uh, they're going to travel, and they're going to be a blessing to many other churches. And we're only little, look at us. God's already doing amazing things. So releasing the teaching stream, and we've also been working this year particularly on releasing evangelism amongst us. Uh, Renewal have been really helpful in helping us to sort of train and get worked out in Alpha. We're hoping to start our own Alpha course this year, there'll be more on that later, uh, later on in the year talking with Darren about that. And this year, also, John Marshall initiated treasure hunting. And I wouldn't say we've got this sussed by any means. It's just starting out, and it's sort of a little bit kind of tentative, and we're just starting to push out, and Tim's been involved in that too. Um, The stream isn't running yet, I don't think. We've got some work to do. But the next step, I think, is to bring some help in from outside. And so we've got Chris Kilby, who's an evangelist from the church down in Southampton, who's willing to commit to us for the next couple of years and help us to sort of get that stream running and working. So there'll be some more information on that to follow. And we're in early stages uh, of gathering these other teams of people. Uh, we're not calling them teams, actually. We're just calling them people. Uh, people with pastoral gifting, even apostolic gifting, that, that we're beginning to see amongst us. Conversations have already started, but there's a lot more to do. 
There's a lot more to do. And I hope this just helps for you to see that this is already happening. This isn't just a great idea we woke up with. We've been working on this uh, behind the scenes, but want to do it more intentionally now as we move forward. And what we want to do really is to broaden the opportunities for people to sort of dip their toe into some of these streams and check out what it feels like. You know, John Wimber famously said uh, once when he was asked about the best way to find out how God has gifted you, his answer was simple. He said, try lots of things. And I thought, yeah, that just makes sense. And it's a good start. That's a good start, especially with spiritual gifts. But when it comes to the fivefold ministries, I think it can also be helpful if we redefine or simplify some of what we're talking about. And what I want to do now is kind of bring it down a level or two. Because, you know, when you start talking about apostles, prophets, they're kind of up there somewhere. There are these great, amazing people out there somewhere who've got these big international ministries. And so I want to just kind of bring that down a bit and make it a little bit user, a little bit more user friendly and hopefully help us to sort of engage a bit more with it. And so I want to try and bring these down to sort of uh, the stream level, the stream level. So, you know, a great river. A great river, such as you see with a kind of mature apostolic gift. You have a Dave Devonish, it's like a great river uh, that flows through that ministry. Starts with a stream. A river starts with a stream. It starts with a small thing, and it grows, and it develops as the journey continues. So we really do just want to find some streams and encourage some people into those. The stream might begin, say, for example, if there's an apostolic calling on you, this might begin with just starting some things. It might come with just being involved in helping strategy in the church. Or it might start with just initiating something new or seeing a trend that's developing. So those are the streams. So for the rest of our time now, I want to do two things. And I don't know, what's the time? How are we doing? Okay. Um, I want to firstly introduce some simple ministry definitions, which are a bit different. Uh, and secondly, I want to bring some down-to-earth descriptions of these ministries which I think will help us to start thinking about these areas. Now, I've got to give credit here to a chap called David King of New Life Church in Tunbridge Wells, and he's been working on this with Angela, because when we spoke to Angela afterwards and said, what were you up to on Sunday morning? Because you've no idea what we've been doing and thinking and praying about. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been thinking exactly the same. <laughs> we've been praying about this. We've been doing this as well, and actually we've written a paper on it. Oh, that's great. Can I have it? And I've got some conversations going on with David King now as well about it. But she put us onto this material. So let me run through these two things quite quickly and I will email them out to the church afterwards. So don't worry about notes. I'd rather you just sort of listened and opened your heart and allowed God to speak to you through them. So first of all, the ministry definitions. Number one, apostles lead the way extending and mobilizing the kingdom of God into new areas. That's really important. And essentially, the apostle is strategic. Where are you going? What next? The apostle is a starter, a foundation layer, 
uh, and that's how apostles work. Secondly, prophets. Prophets listen to Christ. God-intoxicated communicators of God's heart and his concerns. So prophets will often ask the question, how can we do things better? Who are we meant to be? How do we get there? What does this feel like? How am I feeling about what God's doing? Evangelists love the lost, infectiously share the good news with accompanying acts of kindness. Evangelists love causes, they love society, they can be bold, they can be impatient with churches who respond too slowly. Yeah, yeah, there's all this talk about how difficult prophets are to work with. Let me tell you, evangelists are hard work as well. And then pastors, well, pastors look after believers. They cultivate healing community within the family of God, and evangelists irritate them. (laughs) Because, you see, the pastor, all they're asking is, what about the church? You know, we've got enough to do here without reaching out to all those problem needs, those problem people. Pastors. Pastors also spot the ones that don't quite fit in, the ones that are on the edge, and they have a concern for those. Pastors are lovely people. And then teachers. Teachers learn and impart. They train disciples to live out of a biblical revelation. So teachers will almost always say, and we had a rather amusing conversation this morning, um, when we were doing our last training, training group, because what does the Bible say about this? That is always the question that comes out. It doesn't matter what your experience is, what miracle has occurred, what does the Bible say about this? And there can be real spoil sports. Um, but no, it's important that we have teachers who just bring us back time and time again. What does the Bible say? Let's get it right. Let's do it right. And uh, then the pastors need to look after the others that have had these great, amazing spiritual experiences. Now, some people, on top of these gifts, have additional gifts of church leadership, which can take these ministries to another level, all right? But you don't have to be a leader to be functioning within one or more of these streams. Let me just give you some down-to-earth ministry descriptions now. I'm just going to run through them fairly quickly. I've no idea what the time is. I'm looking at my clock and it's just not making any sense to me. Quarter to six. Twenty-six. Okay, well, we'll try and do this in five minutes. But I will send this out to you for you to look at. But just have your ears open here, because I've not put them on the screen. There's too many. All right, so firstly, some indications that you may be apostolic. Passionate about the biblical DNA of the kingdom. If you don't know what that means, you're probably not apostolic. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) passionate about imparting and safeguarding foundational truths of the gospel. Passionate about planting and establishing new gospel communities and banding them together in love. Passionate about raising up leaders and you provide context for others to flourish in. Some indications of being prophetic, sensitive to the invisible realm and atmospheres. I just think that's really important. You know, there's some people here who think it's a bad thing to be sensitive to atmospheres. That's part of being prophetic. Um, let God redeem that for you. You know, sometimes the enemy will use that. Um, 
sensitive to the invisible realm and atmospheres, God-centric people who inspire encounters with the divine, deeply responsive to the voice of the Spirit. Your words have a strong and liberating influence upon people, passionate about gospel foundations and remaining faithful to Christ, alert to anything that is unhealthy in the church, however however hidden. Evangelists, energized by contact with unsaved people, motivated by an urgent love for people, deeply impacted by the gospel, never stop talking about Jesus, very persuasive, overflowing with the grace and goodness of God. People are attracted to your message and get saved around you. Any evangelists? Pastors care deeply for people, want to help them. People open up to you very easily and want to pour it all out. I took one such person with me to the prophetic conference who was astounded when somebody just started confessing all their sins to him. It's because he's a pastor as well as a prophetic guy. So people open up very easily and want to pour it all out. Your phone rings a lot. You are patient. You hate it when people fall out and do all you can to bring them back together. You love warm and happy community. Teachers passionate about truth. You want to understand the Bible, not just read it. You have the patience and capacity to read extensively and dig deeply. You love discussing or debating doctrine, and you love to help others understand the Bible. Now, just hearing it like that, you won't be able to just say, well, maybe you will, but you won't be able to just say, that's definitely me, 100%. In fact, it probably isn't, because most of us have got a mixture across uh, all of the streams to some degree. And most of us will dip in and out of one or more of these streams. But you may be more gifted in one than others. You know, one of the examples is Steve Byrne. We've been talking about Steve Byrne quite a lot, because... You know, he is the consummate pastor, uh, isn't he? I mean, he's so lovely. I just feel like I want to tell him all my problems. Even if I haven't got any, I make them up to talk to him. Uh, no, I don't. Um, but he's also an evangelist, you know, because uh, this chaplaincy initiative is really pastoral evangelist and sort of going out into the hospitals and caring for people, but with a view to sharing the gospel with them. And that's very often the case. There's quite often a stronger gift that leads and one that follows. And uh, so it's kind of discovering which ones are you, which one's your primary one, secondary, and, and then you might have a mix of the others. And in terms of equipping the church, I think there's a lot of room here for looking also, and this is some of the work we're doing at the moment, is how um, these different ministries can support one another and support. So we're currently talking with some prophetic people about, well, how about you going along to kids' work sometime and just prophesying over some of the kids? Um, or how about some of the pastors helping the evangelists when they bring them in? Um, how about some of the strategic people help some of the prophetic people to find how to communicate their message, how teachers involved in training, that kind of thing. So we're looking at how those cross over. So which stream or streams are you standing at the moment? And the plan is over the next year or so, we're going to continue to provide opportunities for people to step out in these areas to get training or experience 
Uh, and I would just want to encourage you, don't hesitate to get involved. Um, you know, sometimes when you hear somebody's going to do this prophetic thing, they're going, oh, that's not me. How do you know? Just go along and see. And, you know, Steve's been doing this uh, chaplaincy training, and just go and do the training. If you can do it, you might find you're a pastoral evangelist. And some some of it's trying to make the pastors more evangelistic, you know, and the evangelists more pastoral, even. That mix is healthy. And also, want we want you to be thinking and praying about these things yourselves, because it's not all about the elders. I hope you've got that message now. I've said, I think I've said it five times. Five is uh, grace in the Bible. So it's not all about elders, and you need to hear from God too. And it would be really great to have people saying to us, can, can I do some training? Can, would, would you train me in this? And somebody did speak to me just a couple of weeks ago, say, I really feel like God's been speaking to me about teaching. Can I do the next teaching course with you? That's what we want. People having that sense of, do you know, I think there's something here for me that I think I need to get involved in. Okay, so how, um, we're just going to close now, actually. Yeah, we're going to have to close, aren't we? But, you know, I'd just love to pray for you uh, quickly, and I was hoping we'd have time to sort of gather people into streams again, but I don't think we have. So let's just stand up and uh, ask God to speak to us. And I said this is a kind of conversation that I'm bringing you in on and really would love to hear what you feel and think as well. I'd love to hear conversation back. Conversations are never great if they're only one way. So I'd love to hear what you think and how you respond is important to this. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and uh, speak to us. Why don't you just offer yourself to him again? And you know, God's wanting to draw some people into some streams of ministry. That's... That's what's happening prophetically in the church. That's what's happening. There's some ministries being launched, added to, grown. Holy Spirit, would you just come and speak to different people right now, right across this room? And Lord, people with their hands out are kind of saying, here I am, Lord, I'm available. And Lord, we want to be caught up in this great mission that you are on. Lord, you are building your church. And we're your servants to command. And so, Lord, we offer ourselves to you and say, command us, show us, lead us, train us, teach us, disciple us. Holy Spirit, just come. Lord, come and invigorate us again. Come and inspire us again. Lord, I pray for the release of evangelists and pastors, teachers, prophets, apostles. Lord, I pray that you give us apostles who would go and start new works in foreign countries or even new works in local areas. Lord Jesus, we ask you that you'd make us rich because you have given these to the church. Amen.